Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beantown Brits podcast, in which some baseball-loving Brits and a man from Belgium talk all things about their favourite team, the Boston Red Sox. How are we, guys? I'm joined by, sorry, I should say, joined by Barry, Sam and Anastasia tonight. Are we all well? Very well. Yeah, all good, yeah. thank you. Come on, come on, come on. Now, last time we were here, I know you weren't with us, Sam, uh, but Barry and Anastasia and myself were really quite pissed off. Let's be angry, uh, depressed about how the Red Sox were playing. But hey, for whatever reason, and we'll probably come into some of this in a minute, they're playing a lot better baseball and we're Fortune 500. Come on. We're back to 500. Woohoo. And guess what? We're tied with the Angels for the wild card. Woohoo. Yes. Anyway. But still a few games behind Tampa, uh, who we've caught up a bit in this month, uh, and a few behind the uh, Blue Jays and the Yankees. Well, let's let's not let's not bring them into a an, into a happy conversation. Let's not all get ourselves down over over this. Right tonight, I think let's have a chat about what we think has gone right and what's gone wrong. And I think that probably best ways to look at some individual players that have probably helped turn that round. So I think we all sort of. Let's try and think about who we're really pleased with, who's sort of getting Teachers Pet of the Month awards, uh, and who's, like my many of my children, are on the naughty step still, who we still think have got to turn their season around and improve, uh, or they may be out of here fairly shortly with the trade season on us. So, who wants to go first tonight? Right, I'm going to choose Anastasia, because obviously, you know, ladies first. Anastasia, who is your Hero of the Month? Franchi Cordero. I mean, I mean, I, who thought we'd be saying that at any point this season, let's be honest. Um, but he's been doing so well for the team. They just can't send him back down. And I think that's going to cause us some problems further down the line. But we just we've got to keep him up at the moment. He's he's producing. He seems to be settling in really well with the team. He's coming through in big spots. He's getting on base. He's getting walks. He's seeing the ball so much better than he did last year. Um, and so I think he's just, yeah, he's been the surprise standout of May, I would say. He's, since, he, since he came back up and rejoined the team, I think he's been on fire. And like I say, I think they're in a position where I don't think they can send him down at the moment. And so they've got to, they've got to find the roster spot for him. Yeah, I, I think it has. I know me and Barry were not particularly kind to him, to be fair, when we were talking about the prospects back in May. And officially declared him as the new Wisney Castillo of, of, of the organisation. But hey, he's been transformed. He looks a transformed character. Is there anything specifically you think that he's doing different that's making the difference this time he's been called up? He's just seeing the ball so much better. He's not swinging and missing. He's waiting on his pitches. He's, you know, he's... Yeah. He's he's staying on pitches in the zone, in his zone as well. I think that's that's made all the difference. He's no longer a swing and a miss guy. Okay, he's still a little bit of a swing and a miss guy, but much less often. And so he's just and he'll take the walks. He'll let a ball go by, which in the past he he wouldn't. And so he's just he's just seeing the ball so much better. And I think that's a credit to the pitching, to the uh, hitting coaches, but also just I'm sure the hard work that he's been putting in. And I think sometimes it just takes a season or so for things to click. And I think that's that's where he is at the moment. Things have just sort of clicked into place and he's finally ready to face the major league pitching. 
he gave us me, our it's first notable moment. how much how much sorry no, sorry I'll come to you one minute it's notable how much more patient he is you know we all saw yeah. last season he just he you know and the bat was quite often three strikes and you're out um, yeah definitely. now he seems very patient he seems to be able to understand his strike zone better uh, and because of that he now knows that the pitch is probably going to come to him more with pitches that he can hit and he can control uh, and and look, you know, he offers variety in the field. He can field first base, he can field in the outfield, um, <clears throat> and he's quick. And you know, he's been a star. He's been a, he's been an absolute star. And I think the whole of Red Sox nation has probably had to eat some uh, fair, a fair amount of humble pie because over last season, I don't think there were many people who said keep him in the organisation, let alone get him in the uh, on the sort of twenty five man roster. Sam, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, he also gave us our first extra inning win against the Mariners to keep that winning stretch going on. And he did it in style by hitting a grand slam as well. So he's been rolling since then. He's yeah. Brilliant. Hit another one the other night. Sometimes. Home run the other night. And he's absolutely smashing the ball. I think he's got some of the furthest, home run, uh, furthest hit home runs. He's hitting the ball, I think, the hardest as well out of some of the guys on the team as well. Yeah. And the guys love him in the clubhouse. I think um, uh, listening to Jamai um, in that stretch as well, um, he uh, he was for the wave last year and the snap this year that they're doing. That's all yeah. Frenchy as well. Uh, great in the clubhouse. They all love him. So it's really great to see that actually a lot of stuff is, is coming, coming his way and actually he's showing what he's capable of. Isn't it amazing what, what, what that word confidence you know, it, it, obviously there is a, that's a lot to do. He had a great start to, in the minors this year. He came in hot, and like I said on the last podcast, if you're bringing these kids up, don't just sit them on the bench and let them stew for three games. The reason you bring them up is because they you need them up, and they're hitting hot. So to let them continue the hot streak, and and look, he's he's that perfect perfect proof. And 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 another guy who's probably. Come on, so it's interesting to see what you guys think of him. Now he's back up, is my favourite and the best named player in baseball, Duran Duran. You know, the kid looks so different. He's had a session last year, didn't go very well, gone back down, gone into the winter, learnt, applied some of the things he, he learnt and looked so much better for it. And, and if he gets on base, that speed is killer. Dude, I don't know if anyone saw it. There were, he hit a grand ball with the other night, and by the time the guy had taken his short sort of taken off four or five steps, picked up the ball and threw it, he was 10 yards past the first base. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's been didn't he? I think he ran from first to third on, on, on what would look like a, almost a long single the other night. Yeah, it gets on base, he is lethal. So, Barry, right, come on, you're next. Oh, sorry. Yeah, if you want to say something on, on the franchise, um, one just to go on about Duran, he's he's come back up because obviously Jackie's away because he's just had a baby. Obviously, he's joining the team again tonight. But Duran's come on and he's done everything they asked of him. <laughs> I think it's a bit unfair that he's probably going to get sent back down, even though he's done. Yeah everything the, the club asks of him and, and more, really. But, yeah, Franchi has been... I'll have to hold up my hand because I said the last episode he's minor league level and no more. And he clearly 
went down there, worked on his problems, um, whether or not it was that he couldn't deal with the pressure of being at a club where there is so much expectation, like the Red Sox, where previously he didn't have that expectation. I don't know, but he's come back up and he's done fantastic. Maybe, maybe, maybe what he's got in his locker is he's got this little note saying, Barry the Belgian thinks I'm only minor league. Uh, <laughs> if he does, um, and that's, that's I'm, his motivation. I'm gonna prove Barry wrong. <laughs> I'm happy to eat humble pie on that one. Yeah, I, I am as well. You know, to be honest with you, I, I can't escape it. So, Barry, who's your who's your man man of May? Let's say who's who's the person who's sort of transformed themselves this month for you? Well, it is Cordero because you can't you can't look past him. Um, yeah. So for me, he's still the standout player for the month. Um, mm-hmm. For me, still the player that is on the naughty step is still Dolbeck. It, there's been some glimpses, but in general, it's still the same stri- strikeouts, strikeouts, strikeouts. Some of them just not even swinging. Yeah. And yeah, it. it, it, it it's continued to be more of the same uh and with options really i don't i honestly don't know why he's still up and i don't think he's doing the kid much good now i would think mentally um would anyone here keep him up sam anastasia would you keep him up or do you think it it's time for a break Last last time we recorded, I was very strongly in favour of keeping him up, but I I think an, we've given him another month's chance now, and he's, there's no improvement. So I think it's time to send him down now. I think, yeah, I I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, and you know, no one in the team was performing particularly well the last time we recorded, but now everyone else seems to have stepped up their game, and he's still struggling. So I think. I think it's time for him to go down and I say keep Cordero up, keep Duran up, and send down. Yeah. Send down yeah. Robbie Dolbeck. Yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe maybe that is, is the sensible move. Maybe that is, and then you can platoon uh, Bradley and Duran in in the outfield. You've got Cordero who can obviously play first base. You've we obviously got Arroyo uh, who can play first base. Kike can play. There's probably a few options there. So yeah. maybe maybe that maybe that is the roster move that makes most sense. Get the kid a bit of a break. Um, you know, we ain't going to... The, the Cassis Express is not going to happen because sadly the kid's injured. So I, I think that's probably put the damper on that for the rest of the season. Because uh, I was all aboard the train uh, uh, sort of in, in the last podcast. So, you know, I've clearly been sort of train delays, uncertain time of arrival now. Um, Where I get a refund my ticket, who knows? Um, so, Sam, who's been who's been a positive for you? Who, who's been the who's been the person you've been most pleased and impressed with during during the month of May? That's turned things yeah, I, th- I, th- I think for me it's, it's Pavetta. I think we talked about at the, at the start. Um, you know, which version of Pavetta are we going to see this season? Um, and I think in, in April. We were all dredging uh, the the start that he had uh, and and concerned that what we were seeing in April we were going to see throughout the season. So I think if I if I just read some stats out to to you here for April in an uh, 
a high at one stage of uh, 10 ERA. Um, uh, he ended the month with an 8.27 ERA. Uh, he gave up 19 hits, 15 runs, four home runs, 13 walks, 16 Ks, and a one a 0.196 whip yeah. in May. And how many innings? How many? Do you know how many innings was that? It wasn't many, was it? Uh, 16.1. Was it? Yeah. 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 So then in May, he's then got his ERA down to uh, 0.211. Six games. <laughs> he's effectively doubled plus a bit more his innings pitched at 38.1. Yeah. Uh, he's given up nine runs, two home runs, six walks. So obviously he's walking less. He's given up less home runs. He's striking yeah. out more. So he's effectively yeah. doubled the amount of uh, strikeouts that he's getting in the month of May. And he's got a whip of 0.83. So he's had a massive turnaround from April to May. And like I said, at one stage in April, he had a high of a 10.03 ERA. And he's got that down now uh, to, I think it's 0.35 in total um, yeah. as well. And yeah. I think also he he had a complete game. He had um, he threw the complete game against the Astros, which we won 5-1. Uh, where he went obviously nine innings, two hits, one earned run, and that was the home run to Altuve in the first. Yeah, the lead off. Don't forget yeah. that it was the lead off. Yeah. It was the lead off. You know. Yeah. He gave <laughs> them one more, again. one more hit in that inning, and then striked out eight as well. So I think, I think for me, uh, we're starting to see the best out of Pavetta. Um, he obviously yeah. went, like I said, had a really bad April. Yeah, he um, is now five and four. Um, and he's won the last five games in a row um, after going 0-4, um, I think it was. So I think, yeah, yeah for me, Pavetta, and I think he stepped up there right uh, uh, as our number two behind behind Avaldi, who, again, who uh, has, has turned around a poor start, which I think, you know, some of those guys we expected to have a good start out the gate didn't. But I think now we're starting to see that, uh, actually, they're starting to turn around and we've, we've, we're, we're doing pretty well in our starting rotation of late. Yeah, I think I, you know, again, I'm going to have to stick my hand up. Last podcast, I was probably very close to saying Pavetta's, you know, they've got to take it, make a decision on this guy. What's going on? Is it one of those tactical IL visits? Send him down just to work on a few things, to, you know, get a breather or, or, or whatever. But you know, we couldn't continue with what it is. And then, you know, I thought that first home run off <laughs> Altuve hit. I thought, oh dear, here we go again. Go. How long is he going to last tonight? And then suddenly, bang, as if the someone flicked a switch. And yeah. he's been nigh on an unhittable. And what, what has been great is, uh, I don't know if anyone else has spotted what he's done, but it doesn't look like it's fundamentals apart from, from what me. And I think this is something that I think a lot of pitchers, I don't quite understand why they work so slow, but he seems to be working at a better pace. It's the, therefore has got a more natural rhythm. And, he, you know, he's quite a quick pitcher. He likes to get the ball back, signal, bang, let's get on with the game. I haven't um, noticed. So whatever he's done, whoever's done something. Is he using the pitch com? Has anyone noticed? Is he? Yes, he, he is. is. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. So he is I don't know whether that's got anything to do with it. Um, yeah, it may well because, be. because that was something that they joined quite late in the party, wasn't it? Mm, um, I think so. Yes, yeah, my yeah, understanding. Yeah, they had some, yeah, they had some problems with it out of spring training, so it took a while to figure those yeah. out. And yeah, I think most of our pitchers use it now. There's a couple of relievers that aren't fans, but um, 
as, as long as Sawamura gets it in the right language as well. But I'm not, that, I'm not even sure. Fans. Yeah, I'm not even sure the bullpen's got a mobile phone yet, let alone pitch cop, for God's sake. <laughs> Christ, the way they're performing. Anyway, that's based on Alexander Bell's first edition telephone. Um, right, okay, I'm going to just make a couple of mentions to people I think who've, who've, who've who really, maybe not quite as stand out as those two guys, but have had really good mates, probably compared to what they had egg for. Uh, and the first one is Trevor Story. Now, I know we were kind of all on here going, oh, I don't know whether he's really performed and stuff like that. All I will say, if you only have 11 spring training at-bats, you are, I've, you've got to be extremely lucky to hit the ground running. And he has been a lot better with the bat in, in May and his fielding's been outstanding. And so I think we can all just begin to get off his backs. Let's not worry about it. He, he's not one we need to worry about. The other guy I think is probably a bit under the radar is Vasquez. Now, he's he, you know he's having a very good season. It's it's comparable to he to his really good season in 2017 in a lot of ways. Now, whether he can continue, I don't know. But you know when Vasquez is playing well because you don't see Plowicki very often, and Plowicki is not getting half the game time that he got last year. And, and what is really good about that? Because again. Never been a big home run hitter, but what he looks so much more, he looks like he's got so much time seeing the the, the ball at the moment. The way you know, he's he, it's he's not trying to hit the hell off lever. He's trying to place it. You can see there's a lot of directional hitting with it. So those two guys for me, and 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 and, and whacker whacker man, um, you know, he's had another very good uh, sort of month as well. Um, and Barry, you were you wanted to jump in there. Yeah, I just want to quickly circle back to Trevor's story. And because I was looking at stats earlier uh, with a big thanks to Sam, um, I was actually shocked to see that he actually had a lower average in May than he had in April. Did he? He did because his average for April was 0.224 and his average for May was 0.218. So in April, he had 15 balls out of 67 pitches, and in May, he hit 22 out of 101. Mm. The only difference is the ones in May, he he did more with. So yeah, in terms okay. of, he, he's, he had more, he, obviously he had more hits, but also a lot more pitches, but he scored more runs, more RBIs, and obviously he went from no home runs in April to nine home runs in, in May. Mm. But what so his, far... What happened to his walks? Was it, what, what's, his, what's his on-base percentage? Yeah, that's I probably, the, that's probably more of a key for him, maybe. If his hits hasn't gone, maybe that's more of an example of where he's 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 made a big improvement have, and he's on base a lot more. Yeah, he would have to look that one up. But yeah, yeah, uh, in yeah, terms of fine. his average for, for June so far is 0.333. Um, so how, in how interesting because mind you, he didn't start May particularly well. It's probably it was kind of a mid, I can't remember when that series was. It was sort of early mid ish May, wasn't it? When he had that one series where six, he just went 16th off to the 24th of that whole street. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. This is an amazing stat. <laughs> that, you know, hey, I, I was, I was completely surprised by it, I have to admit. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Right. We've done Bobby D. Anastasia, anyone you want to put on the naughty step? 
before I go to the naughty step, can I just give one brief shout yes. out? And I know that yeah. there's some difference of opinions within the group here, but I think Jackie Bradley Jr. deserves a shout out. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> looking like looking at his stats already this year, he's got 20 RBIs. And to put that into context, last year he got 29 for the entire season the year before 22 for the entire season so okay yes 20 rbis when you're talking about the trevor stories and the jd martinez's and the the you know those guys okay it's not huge but like i keep on saying we didn't get in for his bat we've got in for his defense that is still solid but the bat has been the pleasant surprise and he is hitting in those key situations when there's men on base when we need to get the runs in he is coming through and i think that's something that hasn't always been the case in the past when he's been with the team so i think that there is an improvement there and i think that i just wanted to shout him out because i've got a lot of jackie bradley jr love and I, like i say i know it's a controversial one within the group and people have different opinions but i think i think he, i think he's coming through for the team <laughs> I because everyone think wants that... to speak on this. Barry's going to sound that sounds good. I was going to, I was going to say, yeah, I was, just, I was looking at. I've turned into the statmeister, but I was looking at his stats a couple of days ago, so there might be a few days out. But the interesting thing is, he's absolutely dominating at home, is but it? away yeah. he's struggling, which is <sighs> like you said, is is fine because that defensive metric. But is it a case of we go down the route where we just play him at home and play someone else away? Now, interesting. So I saw that the guy, I think I can't remember who it was, someone suggested platooning Duran away Bradley at home. Uh, okay, um, I've not seen that. Who knows? Who knows? Barry, did you want did you want to jump in on Jamie Yeah, I, I just want to look say he, he's currently his RBI is currently on par where he was this time in the 2018 season. What did he finish off so, in 2018? Uh, 59, 59 RBA. Fair enough. And Fair enough. Now, look, I, I love the guy and I love his defence and I know he's a try. And I, I know, I know, you're probably referring to me when we're saying some of us and less fans. Look, I, I had an argument with a person <laughs> who is fondly missed with from these occasions about the word clutch. Let's be honest. JBJ is not a clutch hitter. Manny Ramirez was a clutch hitter. Big Papi was a clutch hitter. What he's been really good at, and, and what is this has been really shows up in this season, and probably what is reflected in 2018, is he's just had one of those seasons where he's been really good in the situation when he's needed. And what we all hope, and what we really love, because if he, he doesn't need a rating average, he gets too caught with his average, with his defence, that's more than enough. But sitting at 200, too, being too often around the 200 mark, or just scraping over, you kind of think, is there a better option? You can understand why people think, is there a better option? Can we get more productivity? Now, there are, it's going to be interesting, because I think he's, I said it'd be interesting to see if they trade him by mid-season. You know, I just thought maybe that's something the player... I'm going to come on to something later, which I think actually means he's probably going to be here next season as well. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to a bit of that. So let's do that. Um, Sam, is there anyone for you for the naughty step? Um, no, I can't think of anyone on top of who we've already mentioned. Uh, I, I was thinking 
you know, you have, you've got Verdugo and, and Kike have had some slow stretches. They've disappeared for a bit. But actually, when you look at it as a bigger picture, they're actually performing all right. Uh, and I think, you know, we've when, when Kike's performing, we're sort of performing. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put them on the naughty step uh, after diving into a little bit of a, uh, a deeper look. It was just uh, off, off the cuff. But, yeah, you know, don't disagree with what we've already mentioned. Yeah, now, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one person I think has not had a particularly great number, and that's a couple of things, and that's Alex Cora because you know sometimes yeah we have to push the button and say it does stop with the manager and you know I was screaming the other night at the telly when you are you're ten or nine or ten runs up, okay, and you bring in your best relief pitcher to finish the two or three innings in the game. And then you have a rookie in his major league debut on the mound the next day. And you've probably got to realize there's a good chance he isn't going to get through three or four innings. And then you got you go to your crap in your bullpen. So why did he waste that? He could have thrown Hauk in in that game and kept us competitive. And he's just saying, oh, well, we'll just give the game away. And I'm sorry, that's all right if you've got the Yankees record. And, I, you know, fine, one game, whatever. We're willing plenty more. But when we were at that point, four or five games still below 500, and you're trying to galvanise a team into winning momentum, that's just not acceptable for me. That's just, that's very poor management, very poor foresight of understanding a situation. You're that far ahead. I know we've considered this big league. But that night, it really wasn't going to happen. And to set, and to throw Hawking and not keep him for the, the next day just seemed to me just utter stupidity. And and, the, and again, the constant not having a damn closer and not having a bullpen and defining the roles of these bullpens. Now, I know there's a lot of back office stuff that goes in with it, but you're the manager. You're the guy who says to the pitching coach, right, get on the phone get to the bullpen, let's bring him in for this situation. Simply, with they've got to put, if they, if Hauk is going to be in the bullpen, the kid has, for me, has to now close. We have to develop a closer or we have to go out and buy one. We cannot, if we are going to remain competitive and get to the World Cup, carry on with this sort of wishy-washy, who knows what's going on. I'm sorry to be on the, get off the fence here, but that's, that's my sort of gripe this morning. I've got I've got a few things on that. But I think Anastasia wanted to say something first. No, no, no. Nope, Anastasia shaking her head. No, no. no. I'm not I was I was going to talk or something else. So yeah, you you crack on, Sam. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was reading and listening to a few reading a few articles and listening to a few podcasts, and I can't remember which one of it is. So apologies, but one of them suggested for the, on the closer role keeping Hulk in that sort of long inning in in reliever because we don't really have that now. Whitlock is in the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Schreiber's come on and he's done a fantastic job for us mm-hmm. uh, for majority of the time. Yeah. yeah. But with Chris Sale having his um, live BP, I think, Tuesday, and, and I think he's got another one on, on Friday, and then potentially he'll start his rehab assignment, depending on what happens in his live BP. But if you're trying to get him back into the starting rotation, you're potentially not going to see him until end of July, maybe, depending on how many yeah. rehab yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Do you 
get him to throw some BPs, some live BPs, and then bring Chris Sale back earlier, but bring Chris Sale back as your closer, because then he can build up his inning strength, he can build up his arm strength, and he's that reliable arm at the end of the end of the game when we need him in those high situations and not impacting someone like how as our long inning reliever in games where our pitchers can't go more than four or five innings. I th- I agreed yeah. on that, but I I thought actually that was quite good. But I was Chris, like, yeah. The, the question with that with that Sam, just to throw back you. Uh, what where where does Chris Sale's ego sit on this? Because so, that would be my point. He's a, he sees himself as a starter, and to I suddenly be doing that, I don't, I don't think he's going to get back playing though. Surely, Last... he, surely he wants to get back playing as quickly as he can. Last yeah. year, last year when he was coming back from injury, we had this exact same discussion. It was floated, yeah. and he yeah. said he wanted to be back with the team in any capacity. He was happy to go into the bullpen, whether he becomes the long reliever, the closer, any of those things. He was happy with it, and I think he's just—he's such a competitor that I think he's yeah. willing to, yeah. he wants to—he wants to get in in any any role. And I, I think it's—I think it's a good shout to be honest. Our starting rotation is, you know, the highlight of our pitching. So I'm hesitant to mess with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yeah. yes, Chris yeah. Sale is an outstanding player and he'll be very highly paid for a closer, but uh, <laughs> I think it would work. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. The, hey, look, we're still paying for David Price to be a very, very high-end one-inning man in LA. Um, okay, no, look, I flip on I'm, I'm only thing. asking, Sorry. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea at all. I'm just asking, does Chris, last year he came back very late. So I think in a, we're in a playoff run and we were top of the division. I think it's a different scenario than coming into a 500, well, could be potentially still around the 500 team with two and a half months to go in the season. And you're thinking, does he does he see himself as that? Uh, uh, but the problem with that is, again, as you're, you're rightly saying, one of the scenarios is what you can't move, you can't move Whitlock because what does that say to the kid? I just think we have a sale off as a better opportunity for a long man or whether you then maybe because then you could tandem hill and sale but of course they're two lefties so maybe you don't want to do that i think there's some options but i just think how you could develop him for the next few years as a closer the only that only other thing be i was thinking thought. is is obviously if chris sale comes back as the starting reliever he's more than likely probably going to take hill's spot in the rotation yeah. So would then he'll become the long inning reliever. Yeah, I think and then that you move maybe out, works out better for me. I think that works better for me because I think Hill is a more, he's just a more experienced guy. He's a veteran. He'll enjoy being the fact that he's still playing out there, which is what he wants to do. Uh, and I think he offers a person who is probably much more adaptable to come into to, to, to different scenarios and probably not feel the pressure because he's been around the book so much. But there we go. Cool. So uh, just just going back to your uh, Alex Cora uh, displeasure, Johnny. Uh, I actually want to defend him a little bit because uh, he, he's got rid of a vital uh, bit of uh, facial hair. The beard is gone, and I think you know, uh, I think everybody on 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 social ha- has pointed it out that ever since the beard is gone, if you're superstitious, you know the the record's pretty decent. So I think you know we're uh, seventeen and eight since I think it was the, the Brave series back in May tenth. The beard has went. Uh, we've then gone uh, five, one, and two as a series record. With the obviously the loss frustratingly coming against the uh, Orioles at the back end of May, um, but since then we've we've hit the uh, 
second second most amount of runs behind the Dodgers. Um, and then we're first in majority of the other metrics. So we're, we're hitting the most runs per game. Uh, we've got the highest average, highest OPS and highest slugging as well. So it's not all down. I don't know if it's down to the beard or not, but, you know, uh, since since May 10th when we, we uh, picked up that serious draw against the Braves and the beard is gone, you know, uh, things are slightly turned around and undefeated in June as well. So happy days. Does this make does this make them the uh, band of unbearded brothers this year? Well, maybe, maybe. And what what will be interesting is obviously people can't see is that Sam's got a beard, and I'm just wondering what the wife is really cross about that says you've got to get rid of that beard. No, the beard is not going. No, um, I've had the beard a lot longer than Cora had his, um, so mine is staying. Good. Well, you, yeah, I'm not saying so. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, keep, you keep the beard. You keep the beard, buddy. Don't worry. Um, now, anyone else? Anyone else that's got anything to say before we move on? And anybody else? That you good, bad, indifferent? Yeah. So I was going to jump in and uh, be a, a typical politician and uh, say I'm going to do a U-turn on my stance on Arroyo. And so my hot take for the start of the season was that Arroyo is going to have a career year. Last last pod, I was definitely standing by that. I was still hopeful. I think um, when we talk about disembarking off trains, I am jumping off the Arroyo train. I am afraid to say, I think if he was going to have a career year, we'd have been seeing some signs by now. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I'm very sad for the guy. But I think when we're talking about making moves people going back down to the minors I'm not sure if Arroyo actually has options but I feel like his time with the club might be up and it's time to give some of the guys like Ryan Fitzgerald is still tearing it up down in yeah. the minor leagues I think it's time to maybe get some of those guys back up it, it frees up the roster, roster spot for Jaron Duran um, and future future additions from the minor leagues as well I think there's a few guys that are ready for a shot at the big leagues even if it's just a trial and I yeah, think Arroyo yeah. might be where the roster space comes from as as much as it pains me to say I think um, I, I'm, I'm jumping off the Arroyo train uh, that's right you can come join way to the station with me uh, on the Cassis Express now look um, it's, it's quite an interesting point because one of the things we're, we're all going to be watching over the next I guess six to eight weeks is are we buyers? Are we are we sellers? And I think we're probably in the the buying market. Although our GM is, let's say let's say he's particular picky, frugal maybe maybe that's the better word. And so I had a bit of a, a dig at this because one of the questions we got from 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 people on the group was, you know, why have they still not signed Bogart's endeavors? And you know, they're both having fantastic years, particularly Devers actually. Bogey's having his really good year, but Devers is just tearing it up, absolutely tearing it up. Um, so I had a quick look at the money situation. It's a bit boring. Um, but can anyone tell me here, without looking up, suddenly going to Google, put your phones down, who, where we are in terms of the tax threshold? Anyone, come on. Who thinks we're above? Who thinks we're below? Who thinks, well, where are we? I think, Sorry. if I remember correctly, I think we're just under it right now. Yeah, I think no, next no, season we that as a just under. Yeah, Sam? and I think next season we're quite a big chunk under. 
Right. So if I tell you, currently we're 11 million over. Yeah, oh, wow. 11 million over. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> looking into it, you kind of look maybe why. And, you know, we owe 6 million to David Price, bargain. Uh, we've still got 7 million deferred, including Manny Ramirez, who obviously is 51 years old and still obviously paying for PD. Uh, and there's a 3 million signing uh, option for uh, Ottavino. So money well spent there. So we're, we're over. That doesn't give us a lot of room. And I suspect in the sincere wishes of the ownership, that's going to mean we ain't going to have a lot of money to spend. So it's going to have to be, you think, sacrificing the minor league prospect, which we kind of built up. It doesn't quite sit right. So, you know, going on and signing Bogarts and Devers now puts a shed load of money onto that in terms of signing bonuses because that's where it'll, they begin to end up. I just don't think there's an option now. Has anyone got an idea where we are in committed payroll for next year at this stage? Give me a number. Anyone? Come on, let's go and shout out. It's not all high. Pretend we're all in class and, and you know, high brown our textbooks. Anyone? I'm going to go 30 million under. 30 million under. Okay. Sam, any idea? Not a clue. It's not not my area of expertise. I've, I've avoided looking at this. That's <laughs> is why I've got you, Johnny. Ah, well, thank you, thank you, Anastasia. Any guess? I'll take twenty over. Right, twenty okay. million so over. So at the moment, the threshold is two two thirds. We have committed payroll of one hundred and seven million dollars, including still some deferred. David Price has got. So don't panic about that. We're still paying Manny and we're still paying Petey, uh, but we're 107 million. And that includes, that includes Bogarts, who can obviously opt out. Uh, and it includes Sale, who has an, an opt out. Uh, and includes Paxton, who we have an option on. And Jackie Bradley Jr., who has a mutual option. So, you know, a few variations could change that. Let's have a look at who's leaving us next year. And this is again maybe why there's a little bit of we may next season is when we've we've got to balance the books. We've got to think what's going on. We need to probably see where players are going because next year we lose JD, we lose Nate Voldi, we lose Kike Hernandez, Chris Vasquez, Waka Waka, Floeki. Robles, Strahan, and Hill. There's all free agents. That's going to be a lot of holes to fill because there's some fairly key players there. And that is why I think they're not doing anything there because I think they just have to understand, particularly maybe with whether sales. I don't see Sale going anywhere because I don't think he's, after his last few years of interest, I don't think he's going to improve his contract. So he stays. But obviously, Paxton is for us to choose, and it's where he comes back from Tommy Johnson. We could easily lose that if he doesn't recover. So that's 13 million back. Jackie, for the reasons why you look at all those people who are leaving, I think he stays because we could be quite short in the outfit if Kike goes and, you know, and if Duran 
shows something of promise. Maybe you keep you keep him along with him. Maybe look for some for a bit more bargain option. You know, Franchi. He developed. So it's all of these things that I think means this is why all the, all the demand from the fans. Please sign. You look behind the cold, sadly economics, monetary situation of the team. This is why it's not happening yet. They just don't. They've got space and they've got opportunity. That that, that comes up here. You know, JD does he get the universal DH? He's, he's having a good season again. You probably think he's going to get paid again. Maybe on a short contract, maybe two or three years, but he's probably going to get paid again. And we all know who his, who his agent is. And unfortunately, there's one or two. Got Mr. Scott Boris is his agent here. You know, and you know that he always takes into free agency as much as he can. It's unusual that... Uh, is it Schwer, Was it Schwarzer who basically was a client of his that said, no, I am going to sign with Washington or whoever it was, one of the big guys who said, no, I'm, but Manta de Tani. That's my take. Does anyone kind of think that maybe there's a difference there, different opinion on it? Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong by any means. I think from a PR point of view, it will be a disaster if they don't sign either Devers or Bogarts, or at the very least a Voldy. Like, I think <laughs> if they could sign a Voldy, that might hold the fan base for a while. But really, we're shouting for Bogarts and Devers. I wanted to see what people's thoughts are on whether or not we trade Xander given that we know that we're still in, you know, Heimblum had a three-year rebuilding plan, we could get return for Xander at the trade deadline. There are people who are desperate for good shortstops. We could get decent value for him. It's the same situation we were in with Mookie Betts a couple of years ago, where we're fairly certain he's going to go to free agency. Whether he then re-signs with us or with another team, we don't know. And if we lose him to free agency, we get nothing for him, basically. So if if we trade him, at least we get something back. Personally, I'm against the idea and I'm not ready to give up on the idea that we can't re-sign him. And I think the second we let him go try another team, even if it's for three months, then we've lost our key sort of bargaining chip. He's made it quite clear he'd quite like to be a Red Sox for life, but he wants to get paid the amount he's due for it. So I think if we send him somewhere else, then we lose that that hold we have on him. So I don't love the idea from that point of view. And like I say, I think he he's made it quite clear he is open to talks with the with the team. I mean, I think Scott Boris is less open to talks with the team during the season, but <laughs> Xander's Xander's sort of reopened that conversation recently. And so I think it's um it's it's not it's not as cut and dry with Mookie Betts. We knew he was leaving when we traded him. I don't think it's quite as cut and dry, but uh, there's that risk that if he does leave at the end of the season and we don't manage to re-sign him, we've then lost one of our key core players of our team going forwards. And yes, we've got Trevor Story, but it still leaves a gap in leadership in, you know, so many areas. Yeah. But at least if we trade him, we get something back. Yeah, I'm I'm personally... Think yeah, it would be a pure disaster not to sign them. What I'm just saying is they're not going to sign them in season because of this. When you're trying also then to build a roster where you kind of think I've got a bit of bit mix and matching a bit of ducking and diving Del Boy-ish, uh trading to try and improve the team in this season where you might have a chance. Um, anyone else got a thought? Sam Barry. Um, it may be an unpopular opinion, but I would much rather trade Devers 
than Bogart. I think, okay, Devers might be a slightly better player, but Xander is much, by much more a leader of the team for me than Devers is. And I think that's quite important as well, um, especially if you've got younger players coming up. Um, I think that leadership is, you can put a price on that. And for me, he's a bigger leader in the clubhouse than Devers is. And I think if we're talking about return for a trade, I think for we will get a very, very good return for Devers as well. If we decide we can't re-sign both. I, I want to keep both, but if we have to pick one, then I'd rather keep, we kept Sander. In defence of in, in defense of baby Kojak, he is 25. It's very easy to forget how young he came up. He's 25. I think to, to consider, and, and given his character, I think it's probably a bit harsh to feel like he should, you know, you would keep Bogart after him on a leadership basis, because I just don't yeah. think he, he's mature enough there. We, he's been, like Xander, he's been around the Red Sox for years in this, you know, Xander's 29. Well, he's, so, he's uh, got the most appearances at shortstop now, hasn't he? So, yeah. you know, he's re- record-breaking, I think. Like Anastasia said, he's, you know, the, the clubhouse love him. He's got the great relationship with Cora. He is the captain, although he doesn't have the, the C, as they were talking about on the broadcast the other day. And I think with everyone else that you're talking about that is potentially on the way out, there's a massive, massive leadership hole. As in, who are you going to get to step up and be that clubhouse leader, whether you've got the C on your chest or not? Uh, I think for me personally, I think, you've, you know, you have to have to resign them both. But, you know, if you're looking long term ahead, then like Anastasia said, do you want to get something rather than nothing? I'm, I'm concerned with the relationship. This is probably like primary school stuff here going on. But if Bogarts goes with the relationship he has with Devers, and I don't they have the same agent, do you see Devers going as well? So potentially could be in the same boat where we lose both I... Bogarts and Devers. No, he's no, not. Devers... They're different. They're different, different. agents. Yeah. Devers is still, I think he's got one year of arbitration yeah. left. We so we're, we're talking about extending Devers and offering him a big contract before he gets to free agency, as opposed yeah. to Xander, who's got an opt-out at the end of this season, yeah. which we're pretty sure he's going to take because Scott Boris... He's worth more than 20 million his... a year. Exactly. exactly. So we've got a bit more time on Devers. And so on that point, I don't think it makes sense to trade Devers at this point um, because we've got we've got another year with him even if we have to go to arbitration and go through all the mess that that comes with, we've got yeah. Devers for another year signed to our, our team. He can't, he can't go anywhere. So it doesn't make sense to trade him yet. It absolutely makes sense to give him money, but if we have to prioritize one over the other, yes, absolutely sign Bogarts. Don't let him go to another team, buy ourselves some more time with Devers. Yeah. And also, would you want to give up Devers who's potentially a top five performer in majority of the metrics as well? So when we talk about, obviously, the statistics that we're always talking about, he is performing in either in the top five or top ten across the board. That is someone you don't want to give up. And he's consistently doing it. And like, like Johnny said, he's only, he's only 25, so it's easy to forget how, how young he is and how much he's got ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, entirely. I mean, I'm, you know... The question is, you look at some of these guys and where they're going, you know, is Voldy going to get 17 million a year next year? 
do you think if you sign you you could reduce his numbers but give him three years at say 15 are they thinking that's they want to be able to explore a little bit of that early end of the season before they just say okay will they need to have a feel of where they're going to do they trust that there's enough depth coming up in the in in, in the pitching arms that if Nate goes they can then spend that money on him I think they're just waiting to the end of the season they'll know much more where they are as a team Maybe some of these kids come up if it doesn't go so well in the second half. We end up, you know, still a 500 team on the edge of the wild card, but they may bring some kids up. Let's see what they see. They're, there's a bit of, I think there's a lot of juggling. And this is why they haven't gone ahead and signed them now, because you're not going to put your eggs in the basket and then think, ah, that's just for me. I just think if you looked it on that, you understand the sort of logical dull boring we want them signed come on we want to we want to be cheering them for life but you look at it, the cold economics unfortunately is what these owners do it's a business that's the way it is anyway that's just kind of my fault we'll we'll have some more chat for the next episode in july i think when we're much more know where we are because we have got a fairly hard sort of latter part of june when we've got two weeks of tampa and new york back to back uh, and I think if we can get through that and we get to the All-Star game and we're 500 or a touch over, then I think, yeah, we're going to be there or thereabouts for a World Cup spot. So anyway, that's it. So, anyone got any other business for tonight? Now, someone, I know, Barry, you want to sort of tell everyone about something quite important here. A good opportunity. Yeah, so... As you will know, the 9th of July in London at Crystal Palace Park, MLB and MLB Europe are running the MLB Home Run Derby, uh, where our very own Red Sox will be joined by the Cubs, the Dodgers and the Yankees um, for an event, let's put it like that. Um, and MLB have offered us the, the chance to give away two pairs of tickets so okay. any so anybody listening wanting to be in with a chance to win these go to our twitter uh, at uk red sox fans on twitter and we'll put the post back up once we broadcast this podcast but all you need to do is retweet the the actual t- uh, message and tell us why you should be picked to win the pair of tickets well, I haven't, I haven't entered, but I quite clearly am, you know, I'm just a great guy. So just give it to me now, Barry, and we can, you know, obviously edit this out of the podcast in a minute. I can't go, so there we, there we go. Um, so that's good. Yeah, please, if, you, if you're really interested in this, it, 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 it's up-tempo, it's lively, it, it's not a nine-inning game where you can sit down and do some scoring it. it the idea is, I think, just obviously just to hit home runs. It's like DJ food, everything like that. It'd be a great day out. Particularly, you kind of new to baseball, and it's just in, sort of an introduction. And there'll be lots of like-minded people from all different support clubs across the UK there. Um, so yeah, get along if you can. Um, any other business that anyone wants to sort of talk about? Yeah, I was just going to say um, some of you might have seen uh, our friends Adam and Lisa who were over yeah. in over at the game recently. So um, 
Adam's been very involved in the group, so great to see him talking to TC. Um, I know that a couple of us have trips to Boston planned for later in the year. I think Barry and I are both going over on separate weeks in September, so we're looking forward to that. Um, but obviously, if any of our members are over there, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to see your experiences, your pictures. Please do tweet us. And um, we also have some of the, so you might have seen on the broadcast, Adam's lovely flag. We have a couple of different versions of the flags. So if you want to borrow those, we, we are very happy to post them out to people um, so that you can take them over with you and just raise some awareness that yes we are fans over here it's not just all americans that like it and uh, some of us are pretty dedicated and like i say fly over to go specifically to see the baseball often to the ire of our families so um <laughs> yeah definitely uh, yeah. please do if you'd like to borrow any of the flags then please get in touch with us at any of the usual handles which i'm sure we'll run through in a minute and uh yeah any sort of pictures any experiences that you've got we'd love to share them we just want to get the news out that red Sox have fans over here as well as in the states so yeah please do I mean, let us know i think i think if anyone 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 sort of goes over the nose that it's kind of love us really even um, the americans i should say they love us you know they kicked us out all those years ago they probably still wish they were part of the great empire um but you know that's that they made their choice they're gonna lie in their bed um i'm not gonna get all political on that um donald trump no let's not go there um so yeah so no they, they love us if you've got that sort of sort of t-shirts or stuff like that showing you british They'll talk to you. I've always found they're, they're really interested to find out why you love the game. You have a beer, have a chat. You think they'll be as friendly as anything, and you'll have a really great, amazing time. Um, now, Sam, you've got one point. I know you wanted to talk about dear friends of ours. Yeah. So, uh, touching on uh, Anastasia, when Adam uh, went over to to the states to see some uh, baseball, uh, he met up with some new friends of ours from the Pesky Report. Um, they uh, caught a game in uh, Worcester together um, and they've been some uh, really supportive uh, of us. And uh, I know we've got some stuff planned in the future with them. Um, yep. So if you've not checked out the Pesky Report, definitely uh, give them a listen. Um, we are looking forward to teaming up with them. Uh, there's some fantastic guys over there. And yeah, we look forward to this uh, uh, blossoming relationship, shall we say. Yeah, obviously they are way more professional than us. You know, we're, we're the pure amateurs of this. Of course, priority is that you listen to us, not them first. Of course, please, please stay with us. Um, but now those those guys, they're great fun. They uh, <laughs> they don't sit on the fence, which is lovely. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, so they are. I think they they broadcast two three times a week, don't they? So you'll get plenty of Red Sox opinion and news from them. So that's I think probably before I go is just. Let's go through the sort of social media handles. As Barry said, Twitter at UK, uh, you say, yeah, yeah, he says, at UK Red Sox fans. Uh, and it's the same on uh, Instagram. And it's the Boston Red Sox fans of the UK on Facebook. So what it's got to me to say is thanks, guys. It's been another really great podcast. Look forward to catching up soon. And um, yeah, go Red Sox.